0: Well again good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. good morning. So thankful that you're here or maybe in the future some people will be watching this sermon online. But in this moment I just want to encourage you that here at City Church I felt so impressed by the Lord that as we had been processing through Easter we and most churches do this we have a big build up to the Easter season that lasts about 40 days. And then when Easter happens and the resurrection of Jesus is celebrated, we kind of put the whole cross Easter story resurrection, we sort of put all of it in the closet until next year. But I became deeply convicted this year about this whole idea of extending Easter beyond Easter resurrection Sunday morning. And the reason for that is is that Easter is the center of the Christian faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the reason why you and I are sitting here. If He had not been resurrected from the dead, you would never have heard of Christmas. You would have never encountered His teachings. You would have never heard the name of Jesus of Nazareth everything would have, advanced, would have vanished about Him. But because He did rise from the dead on the third day, we sit here 2,000 years later. And I know personally, I can't speak for you, but personally, I am completely convinced of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that event, that singular event has transformed my life. Now with that said, what we did last week following Easter, and we're going to do again this week following Easter, is we're going to take a look at the cross. Now the reason we're going to look at the cross is because Jesus talked about it a lot. We find in Scripture, then in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, Jesus said, The Son of Man will suffer, be rejected, and be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life. There are 24 chapters in the Gospel of Luke, and already at chapter 9, Jesus is uploading to His disciples that He will go to the cross, He will be crucified, He will suffer many things. But then on the third day, He would be raised to life. But you know what's fascinating about this? And we're going to focus on the cross this morning as I've already mentioned. Is that right after Jesus makes this incredible announcement in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to the cross, I will suffer, I'm going to suffer and be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life. Right after he makes that announcement in the Gospel of Luke, he then says this to all of them. So right after Jesus says to his disciples, guess what guys, I'm headed to the cross, I will suffer. Then the Bible tells us, next verse, then Jesus said to them all, here's what he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must Deny themselves, take up their cross every day, and follow me. Isn't it amazing that when Jesus announces the crucifixion, the next thing that he says is, is that every single follower of his will also have a cross that they're going to pick up every day. And in picking up that cross, they will follow Him. We're going to come back to that in just a few moments. Not only did Jesus talk a ton about the cross, but we also discover later on in the Newer Testament, one of the books, the book of 1 Corinthians, written by the Apostle Paul. He's the most famous theologian that ever lived. He's a man that met Jesus in resurrected form. But the Apostle Paul writes a couple of decades later to the church in Corinth. Here's what he writes. He writes to them, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But before we go there, I would expect something else to be there. I would expect him to say something like this, hey, Church of Corinth, when I came to you and I approached you, I came to you and I wanted to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, that makes sense, and him, I would think he would put in there as our healer. That's what I would think. I would think the Apostle Paul would say this, I wanted to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him, is the one that brings us peace. Or maybe is the one who gives us grace. Him as the one who takes away all of our fears. People of Corinth, what I wanted to know among you was nothing except Jesus Christ and Him. And then somebody of you, some of you already know the text. And Him crucified. I don't expect that. I don't expect for the Apostle Paul to say, what I want you to know is Jesus Christ and Him, what? Crucified. What you discover if you read the Newer Testament is that Jesus talks about the cross repeatedly, and that does not die with Him. But the New Testament writers pick up on that theme, and they speak about it in great detail. I want you to remember, we're going to talk about the cross this morning. But what I want to do and we think about the cross is I want to tie in another theme that's the overarching theme for City Church this year. And it's this, health. That we as a church are a church that has focused on health. Not only are we focusing on health corporately, And looking at the church and saying, how can we do things better? And some of you have been awesome about giving us your opinion on what needs to be done better at times. It's been a little bit overwhelming as to what we can do better. But we're excited about that. But I began with my own personal life. As I was moving towards 2018 last year and I was praying about the word that would be the theme for City Church, usually the word is different for me than it is for the church family. But God spoke to my heart and said, Pete, it's time for you to focus on health. Wow. And as I focused on health, there were some things that I became aware of. First of all, In order to be healthy, whether personally or as a church, you have to figure it out. Where do we have things that are not healthy? I had to do that in my own life. Where am I not healthy? And then after I figured it out, and by the way, not to go into graphic detail, but I am over 50 years old. And how many of you know that if you're going to figure out your health factor, there is a test that everyone that's over 50 is called to go and submit yourself to? How many of you know what that test is? How many of you don't know? How many of you do know? If you don't know, look at someone that had their hand raised and ask them later, what's the test? All I want to tell you is, the beauty of it is, is you're unconscious. But you have to figure it out. And again, not to go into any gross details, but I went through that test. And the physician that runs that test and kind of snuck me into her schedule said when she was done looking, she said that that area of my health was pristine. I've never been told that anything was pristine in my life ever. And I said to my wife, I've got that going for me. That is pristine. I love that word, pristine. What a wonderful word. But understanding that, the idea though is, is that you figure out where you've got issues, where things aren't right, where you don't have health. And then if you're mature, you face it head on. Health means that you figure it out and then you face it head on. And then the idea is you fix it with a plan. So the idea then is, is if there's going to be health physically, spiritually, as a church, you do what it takes to move towards health. Now, when I was in the midst of going through this personally in preparation for 2018, I found something that was such a relief. I can't even tell you how big of a relief it was. I found on the internet, it's always true, that doctors are shocked because there is a new biblical technique that burns fat overnight. And in case you can't see the fine print, it says, try this tonight. It's incredible. This newly discovered biblical technique hidden in the Bible secretly forces your body to burn body fat or belly fat overnight. Doctors all around the world are shocked. Since this this technique does not involve dieting, gyms, or any pills or supplements. Wow. I called two doctor friends of mine. I found out, they'd never heard of it. They were not shocked. I mean, this ad told me that doctors all over the world were stunned by this biblical revelation. No, by the way, there's a 23 minute video you had to watch in order to find out what the hidden biblical secret was. Needless to say, I went back to where I started. To be healthy, I've got to figure it out face it, and then fix it. Can you imagine? And here's what I discovered in the midst of that. In order to get healthy, I was going to have to deny myself some things. That's when I went back and thought about watching the 23 minute video. I don't want to deny myself anything. I want to live as my flesh dictates. I want to do whatever I want to do and then move towards health. Not the case. That's not what happened. Next, I had to determine how often I was going to deny myself. Then next, I wanted to find another person to do it with me. You want to know why? I would say because misery loves company. But that's not why at all. I have found in life that if you're going to change, truly change in your life an area that's a struggle for you, you need another person to take the journey. It's powerful. One of my favorite Bible verses of all time says this, one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So I got in touch with my college roommate We have been friends since 1982. I said, Mike, I'm trying to get or move towards health. He said, that sounds like a good idea. I said, I figured some things out. What I've discovered is I've got to deny myself. I've got to determine how often I'm going to do it. And I need another person to do it with me. And I explained what I was going to do. I said, you want to do it with me? And he said, yes. And I said, thank you, Jesus. So we did this together. We'd call each other. We'd keep up with each other. We prayed for each other. We encouraged each other to go through these phases. Now here's what I want to tell you. To be a follower of Jesus and to have health spiritually involves the cross. But what stunned me was when I re-looked at the verse that we sort of began with. Here's what stunned me. Then Jesus said to all of them, Whoever wants to be My disciple must... What's the word? Oh my, here it comes. They must deny themselves and they must have a plan. And what's the plan? To take up their cross. How often? A Wow, daily. And then who are you going to do it with? Jesus. You want change? If we are the type of people that wants to pursue Jesus and move towards health spiritually, this is what Scripture tells us. It's this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Now, I talked about this briefly last Sunday. But as I was studying last Sunday, When I began to study this Sunday, in preparation for this Sunday, something stunned me. I learned something. And that is, I always thought that this verse referenced the idea of, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, that you will take up your cross how often? Daily and follow Jesus. I always thought that picking up the cross was the idea of, you work with someone that's a total pain. When you get up in the morning, you look at the day that's ahead of you, and as you get ready for your day and you're in the car driving to work, you think of that person and you go, "Ugh, oh, I have a cross to bear for Jesus. Some of you have other things in your life that would be similar to that, and many times people will say, that's my cross to bear. How many of you have ever heard that? So have I. But here's what I want to tell you. As I began to study that Scripture and I began to look at it kind of from the original language but also within context, here's what I discovered. What I always thought that that verse was saying was not what it was saying. You know what it was saying? It was saying that anyone who wants to follow Jesus and be His disciple, we pick up a cross every single day And the cross is not that person at work, that spouse in your marriage that you're struggling with, something else in your life that is a massive burden. Picking up your cross daily is a spiritual position before your life. Picking up your cross daily involves how you see everything in life not just one person that irritates you not just that neighbor that you avoid no picking up your cross every day is actually a spiritual stance with which we walk into life every single day now there's another thing that i noticed in the newer testament as newer testament writers began to look at the cross Here's what I discovered, I discovered that when other writers began to look at the cross of Christ, they began to bring the cross in in unique ways. Here the Apostle Paul is writing in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 8, hands down, other than the Gospels, my most famous chapter in all of the Bible. Here's why, the book of Romans, if you read chapters 1 through 7, you will discover that Paul sets up a brilliant case. And the case in Romans 1 through 7 is this is that if you try to be righteous in your own strength, all you're going to do is dig a deeper hole for yourself. But then Romans 8 1 says this there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and the book takes off like a rocket. The first 7 chapters though, Paul is brutally honest about what it looks like to follow Jesus. Brutally honest. And before we get to Romans 8:28, which is so many people's favorite verse, Romans 8:28 is this, is therefore, therefore God works together all things in your life for the good of those who love him and are called according to His purpose. That's one of the most promised or requoted promises of the Newer Testament. That when we go through things, we look at that verse and we say to ourselves, God will work it together for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8.28, my goodness, what an awesome promise. But here's what I want to tell you. That Romans 8.17 sets the stage for Romans 8.28. And that that entire series of paragraphs is about something that we all want to avoid. We want to avoid it. Paul writes to the church in Rome, we are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. Now I want to talk about co-heirs just very quickly. A co-heir means you get an inheritance that's identical to what he gets. You see, in Jewish culture, The oldest son got a double portion. So when dad passed away and an inheritance was given, guess what? The oldest son got a double portion above everyone else. How many of you are the oldest child sitting here? Raise your hand. You might want to consider Judaism. (laughs) But what the Apostle Paul says is this, we are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. In other words, I get the same inheritance He does. He's the oldest son. He's the first resurrected from the dead. And even with that, in God's economy, I am co-heirs with Him. And then Paul goes on to write to the church in Rome, if indeed we share in His... Man, I hope it says love. I hope it says in His grace. I hope it says in His... Good times. Maybe, my goodness, how about this? How about it would say this, if indeed we share, in other words, we participate with Jesus, if we in our daily lives participate with Jesus in His teachings. Would love that. But here's what Paul writes. Here's what he writes. Sorry. He writes this, if we share in his sufferings. Wow. I didn't expect this. Maybe that's why it was so difficult for me to get this slide to come up. (laughs) But when I think about it, it begins to make total sense. Here's why it makes sense to me. I would have never been a follower of Jesus if Jesus had not suffered. I was a preteen boy. And I'd been sitting in a church just like this. The church was filled with hippies. It was the end of what was called the Jesus Movement. Where hippies who were sexed out, drugged out, burnt out, they had done everything you could. They were moving towards anarchy. All of a sudden, found out that that way of living kind of loses its shine. At first, it's fun. But then the fun takes a hold of you and runs and ruins your life. And so hundreds of hippies were coming to faith. And so we went from a family that was completely unchurched to where all of a sudden we find ourselves in this church that's full of hippies coming to Jesus. And I want to be blunt. Hippies were everything my dad despised. My dad is a German. America. Everything by the book. And the next thing I know, we're worshiping in a church full of hippies. It was like going from zero to 1,000 miles an hour in one second. We're in this church, and hippies are saying yes to Jesus. And they're getting baptized in water. Powerful. But here's what I knew when I accepted Christ. I'm a preteen boy and I'm walking across the field on the farm, and I begin to think about Jesus. Was I going to choose to follow Him? Would He become the Savior of my world? I didn't even have any sins that were really that marketable. They were like little sins, small s. And yet here I am walking across the field and this thought struck me. You know I'm going to follow Jesus? is because He suffered. And if there's a God that does not avoid the suffering of this world, but literally steps into it and suffers in it and with it, that's a God that I'm going to serve because then that God knows me that God understands me and a God that tells me to avoid all of that and act like it isn't real is not a God for me because even though I was a preteen boy I had suffered I knew what suffering was and when I looked at the cross of Jesus and I considered the cross of Christ I recognized that here's a God who's all in And the Apostle Paul again picks up on this. And he says, we get a co-inheritance with Christ if we indeed share in His what? Sufferings. How do we do this? Well, we do it by simply putting feet to our faith. And in putting feet to our faith, what we end up doing is finding ourselves in front of the cross often. Not only in front of the cross, but daily carrying the cross. That this is what we are called to do. That we are called to be a people that every single day we get up in the morning and we do what? Carry a cross. Now here's how I want to explain this for all of us. Let me help you. I did this last week as well. Every morning when I get up and I'm dressed, I go to this leather little tray that's on my dresser and I get ready for the morning. I put on my watch, I get my sunglasses out. I put them around my neck because I have very light-sensitive eyes. I take my wallet out, even though there's nothing in it, and I put it in my pocket. I get out my car keys because I don't like walking, I like driving. And then I get out my lip balm because I have chapped lips. (laughs) And I put that in my pocket. And that's how I get ready for the day. But you know what, ever since Easter was on its way, I get up and I go through this ritual and I stand there and I literally pick up a cross. And it's mine. And I put it on and I do it every day. Here's why. In the day that I'm going to step into, I will see suffering. It's part of life. It's part of a fallen, broken world. But you see, when I identify with Jesus in His sufferings, and I walk with Jesus, and I'm a co-heir with with Christ, not just in the love and in the grace, but also in suffering, when I am a co-heir with Him, here's what it does when I pick up that cross and I choose to follow Jesus, the cross that I bear is not a problematic relationship. The cross that I bear is a spiritual positioning towards life. That when I step into this day, I'm going to go into it with the cross of Christ. I'm going to bear that cross with me. It's a way that I'm going to lean into life spiritually. It's not a paradigm shift. That's not it at all. It's not a different perspective. That's not it at all. This is a spiritual reality where I'm going to move into life with the cross. And here's what I've discovered. That when I do that, worship is different. Do you know that? That when I do that and I step into life, it doesn't matter whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. Where stuff came at me or it didn't, worship is different. Because when I carry the cross and I identify with Jesus in His sufferings, it makes worship come alive to me. It's incredible. The other thing that it does for me is it enlivens my prayer life. Because here's what I know. If Jesus can come through the cross and be resurrected to new life, anything that I'm facing as I carry this cross, I know He's greater than. He's greater than that. Here's what else it does. It flips the perspective on suffering. Because if Jesus went and He suffered, And yet God used it in His life, whatever suffering is in my life, I can, as I bear the cross daily, have the perspective and the spiritual reality that whatever I'm facing, God will fulfill Romans 8.28 in my life. And it's this, that God's going to work it together for good. For those that are in love with Him and are called according to His purpose. And that according to Jesus, you are not called according to His purpose if you do not daily pick up your cross and follow Him. It changes everything. Everything. And here's what I know. There are people that are sitting here and you're not a follower of Jesus. You've never made that decision. But here's what I will promise you. Is that by the end of the service today, if you will make that decision, you will discover that with Jesus Christ in your life, you can face life with a spiritual authority and a power like you could have never dreamt. But that comes through the idea of we're not going to deny what's in front of us, no, we pick up our cross every day and we follow Jesus. And as we do that, here's what we discover. In the midst of death, there's resurrection life. Let me be blunt. There's never a resurrection without death. You must have death first in order to have resurrection. Do you get that? And so each day, each day when I, I am in this world that's filled with death and brokenness and sorrow, but there's joy too. There's incredible times too. And bearing the cross of Jesus daily, me picking up my cross daily, does not put a kind of a gray cloud over that. No, it actually frees me up to rejoice and to have joy and to move through life with a spiritual authority that I can't get anywhere else. But here's what I want to tell you. Please notice the sequential order of things. Romans 8.17 comes before Romans 8.28. It comes first. Romans 8:17 announces to us that if I identify with Jesus and I walk with Jesus in his suffering in his sufferings then I'm going to experience the fullness of everything he has and I will be a co-heir with Christ. But it comes to identifying with suffering. Now, The other incredible thing is that as we now move towards baptism, here's what the Apostle Paul writes about water baptism. He writes, We were therefore buried with Him, meaning Jesus, through baptism into His what? Death. In order that just just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. Listen. Without death, there is no resurrection. Death always precedes resurrection. And so each day when I step into life, I pick up the cross. I pick up the cross. And I follow Him. And please understand, this is not a paradigm shift this is a spiritual inclination and leaning towards life i've already mentioned and you can tell by the tank that's up front that we're going to have water baptisms this morning water baptism is an incredible exciting time here at city we are going to watch people Who have chosen to follow Jesus, and now as they go under the water, they go down with him in his death. And as they come up out of the water, they are symbolically rising, cleansed with him in his resurrection. One of the people that is going to be baptized this morning is a friend of mine, Seth Pillar. Seth, I'm gonna ask that you would come on up here and join me. Everyone say, Good morning, Seth.
1: Come on. Oh, there it
0: is. Come stand right here. So yesterday, Seth and I went and watched the UVA baseball team play. We were there for the second game. And we suffered. Yes, we did. Because UVA lost. Yes, we did. Now one of the things or the reasons why I wanted Seth to come up here is because I'd like to, for you to hear a little bit about his story. And so, Seth, if you could upload to us briefly, how is it that you came to City Church?
1: Well, my, and the, the short story is my now wife. Uh, three years ago, we started dating, and uh, part of my attraction to her was the fact that she went to church. I was like, oh, so she's got everything else going for her, and she also goes to church. Um, so she got me coming here. Um, started coming pretty consistently. About a year ago, uh, you married us. And uh, well, I guess July, so less than a year ago. Yes. And we're about two weeks or so, you know, give or take some out from having a baby. So uh, a lot of life changes in the past year.
0: I love, in the past year, the past you've past had a lot year. of yeah. life yeah. change. Okay. So if you could tell us a little bit about when you came to know about Jesus, how old were you?
1: I'm sure that's me, my apologies. Um, so I was young, I was raised in the church in the Christian and Missionary Alliance, um, which is a good uh, you know, denomination that I like, uh, Robert Ringer's part of it, um, and kind of spent my teen years rebelling a bit. When I was young, uh, the opportunity to be baptized came, came up. Um, I remember being young enough, old enough that I definitely could have um, Made that commitment, and it have been a mature, uh, almost adult decision. But I made the decision that I wanted to be an adult. Um, and by the time I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old or so, um, I was rebelling pretty hard, and not in a uh, a place to make that commitment. Um, here in the past year, uh, I went to, uh, did soul care. Um, the past year, my you know, you, you talk about positioning. Um, my life has taken a big turn with. Uh, just daily pursuing Christ through all the small things um, and all the big things in my, uh, just in my day-to-day operations. Um, and so this is, a, this is a commitment, this is a statement of that commitment.
0: So one of the other things too is that you joined one of the life groups here at City yes. Church, didn't you? Tell we us a little g- bit about your experience in a life group. We got a
1: good one. Um, the, the, the Webb family, Doug and Tina are the- are One of them groups.
0: just gave a little shout out. Woo!
1: We got we got a great life group, Um, and there's space for more. They have more couch space if anybody wants to join one. Um, It's been huge. It's been huge. Um, The the things that I've struggled with, you know, there was one struggle that I had probably about a half a year ago that I said, you know, I feel like I'm making these daily decisions, and I'm sitting down and I'm doing my devotions, and I just don't feel, you know, every day like I'm hearing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me. I just feel sometimes like it's an arduous process, and I'm not. Um, not getting what I thought that I would get from it, and the encouragement that I got that just said, you know, Christ is in that, God's in that, and he appreciates the daily, um, that was huge. And ever since that, um, ever since, you know, a couple of the people kind of encouraged me in my, in my life group, I um, haven't really felt that. Haven't, you know, I've, 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 um, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit more. I'm feeling his pleasure in the small steps that I'm taking daily.
0: Got it. Last thought. What does water baptism mean to you? Why are you going to be water baptized this morning?
1: Well, it's a long time coming, Pete.
0: Um, okay. But I, uh, it's an
1: outward statement um, of the commitment that I do make daily. Um, there's, there's there's several aspects to it. One is this is a um, you know it's a day that's going to be special for me. You know I'm going to remember the date. I'm going to remember the um, the, the the ceremonial aspect of it. Um, it's a statement that I'm making in front of the church family, friends, family, my wife, um, my family and friends all that are not here. You know, they, they, they know that I'm doing this today as well. Um, it's a commitment that I'm making to Christ um, in representation of the daily commitment that I um, you know, sit down, do devotions, and talk to him
0: all the time. Good deal. All right. Two thoughts come to mind. Number one. I'm going to invite you to come see another baseball game with me, awesome. but if UVA loses, never coming with me again. I, pick I want a, you to know pick, that. Pick a bad team. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is this: this comes to mind. Seth, when he was young, knew about Jesus. He walked away, and at the baseball game, you told me that when you thought about coming back and coming back to Christ. You ask yourself this question, why would Jesus take me back? Why would He do that? Let me explain clearly. The cross of Jesus Christ announces to anyone, you're welcome. You can come in. The cross screams from 2,000 years ago that God did something for you and for me through the cross that transforms everything. And everyone's welcome. No one has to feel like they cannot be or shouldn't be a part. I want to challenge you this morning. In just a moment here, we're going to see baptisms. We're going to hear people upload a little bit of their story to us and then be baptized in water. And we're going to get to rejoice with them. But what's more important to me in this moment is that if you are here and you've never accepted Jesus or you are like Seth, where you knew about Jesus and you have walked away, you chose another path, I believe you're here on purpose this morning. I believe that God has brought you to this moment so that you can open your heart and your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you right now, if you have never accepted Jesus or if you have... But you've walked away and you need to recommit your life to Christ this morning. This morning is the morning through your suffering. Through your struggles. You can recognize now that there is a God who's been through the same thing. And that you have an opportunity to pick up the cross of Jesus every day and live with a spiritual dynamic and lean into life spiritually in such a way that the same victory that Jesus experienced through the cross is the same one that you can have as well. But it's up to you. It's up to you. Are you willing this morning to say yes to Jesus? Would you be willing? If that's you, and you're willing to accept Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer that I prayed as a preteen boy. It's a prayer that Seth prayed three years ago as he recommitted his life to Christ. Would you be willing to pray that prayer? If you are, pray it with me. The prayer goes something like this. Jesus, I don't know all that there is to know about who or what You are, but what I know is I need you in my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, let that cross that is the center of Easter be a cross on which I am recognized and my sins are taken care of. Jesus, please, take me as I am, but do not leave me the same. Through forgiveness, cleanse me of my sin. And then give me Your Holy Spirit. So that each day, even though I've suffered each day, I can take up Your cross, that cross that You give to me. And I can follow You. And as I join in with Your suffering, I'm Your co-heir. And I have an inheritance in You. Jesus, please and thank You for doing this miracle in my heart and in my life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something for us here at City. And the prayer is simple. Inside the news feed that you were handed, there is a tear-off on the inner right side. And there's a place where you can put your basic contact information and you can check that box where it says, I made a decision to follow Jesus or I am renewing my commitment to follow Christ want all of you to look there right now, if you would, just quickly take out your bulletin or your news feed. It also says this, I want to be baptized. If you've never been baptized, I want you to sign up this morning. And it also says this, if you have a prayer need. If you have a prayer need, I'm going to ask that you would fill that out. You don't have to put your name or contact information if you don't want to. But in just a moment here, the offering buckets are going to begin to move. And as they do, I want to encourage you to tear this off. If you prayed that prayer to accept Jesus, please put it in the bucket. Basic contact information. If you have a prayer need or you renewed your life to Jesus this morning, I'm going to ask that you would do that. If there's anything else there that you would like to be a part of, like water baptism in about a month, we're going to have another one. Please check that as well. But here's what I know. I know. That as we follow Jesus, and can you imagine what this looks like when all these hundreds of people each day get up and lean into life. And as you get ready in the morning, you pick up the cross that Christ has for you. What a difference we would make and will make and are making in Charlottesville and in the surrounding areas. At this time, I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. We're going to spend some time in prayer and more specifically worship. Those that are being water baptized are getting ready, but I'd like for us to worship God through the perspective of the cross with all of our hearts. Let's worship together as the offering buckets are now passed. I would also say this, that if you would like specific prayer, you need prayer, I'm going to encourage you at this time, the prayer teams are gonna be moving to the sides. They're gonna be there to pray with you and to pray for you. I want to encourage you to take advantage of that as we worship together. God bless.
2: Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall
0: an exciting time in the lives of the people that will be baptized in water. I do want to say this, that they are doing this publicly as a public demonstration of a private decision that they've made to follow Jesus. And as we move towards this, I want to encourage you to rejoice with them when they go down into the water, symbolizing the death of Jesus, and that they're partnering with him in that. When they are raised to new life, I want to hear you cheer for them. Wait a second. I want to hear you cheer for them. There we go. And so, again, this is an exciting time. And uh, so, at this time, I'm going to ask that Anna would come out. Is Anna ready? Come on out, Anna. Everyone say, Good morning, Anna. If you want to go up the steps, can I borrow a wireless mic real quick from one of you? Thank you, Ashley. So before you step in, um, is there anything that you would like to say before you get water baptized?
3: Well, I'd like to say that I accepted Christ um, several years ago. But I'd like to do this today um, because Jesus did it, and um, it represents that in this season of life, I'm making a renewed commitment to walking in the Holy Spirit's light and um, actively pursuing a life of truth and godliness. As it says in 1 John 1, 5-7, Uh, God is light and in him there is no darkness if we say we walk in the light but yet we live in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin
0: so before you get, ba- yep, before you get baptized, so tell everyone about an event that's coming up in your life in the very near future.
3: Um, in August, I'm getting married to my fiance Carlin Bird, and uh, Pete will be with us there as well. Give
0: <laughs> me five. Good deal. All right, Anna, if you'll go ahead and step in. Now what you want to do is step all the way to the bottom. There you go. And then you can actually be seated. I'm sure it's nice and warm. <laughs> so Anna, have you made the decision to follow Jesus Christ and to serve him? Anna, is it your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is risen from the dead, and that he paid for your sins on the cross? So at this time, if you take your right hand, pinch your, or your left hand, pinch your nose, right hand on this wrist. And now, Anna, because of your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. I'm gonna help you out. There you are. There you are. Sneak on over there. Let's give Anna another hand. And next is Angie. Angie, if you'll come on up. Hi, Angie. How are you? I'll take your towel, we'll place it right there. You wanna step up on the step? Is there anything that you wanna say? Sure. There you go, hold the mic right close. Good morning. Good morning.
4: I'm somewhat new to faith. Um, I'm a single mother of a beautiful daughter. Uh, Some of my villagers, as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Some of my villagers are members of City Church, Diana, Kristen. Um, Came to church with them, have loved it. The blessings have been wonderful. And I feel like if I accept Jesus, they'll keep coming.
0: Good deal. Thank you for that. There we are. Let me help you get in. So, Angie, if you'll step all the way down. There you go. One more. And then go ahead and be seated. There you are. So, Angie, have you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ and his death on the cross covers and forgives you and cleanses you of all sin. All right, go ahead and take your right hand, plug your nose, left hand on your right wrist. So Angie, now by your profession of faith, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good job. God bless you. There you are, take your time, there you go, go right here, grab your towel, and then you can sneak right that way, there you go. Next is Deidre, come on up here, Deidre, I'll take your towel. Deidre, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Do you want to step up on the first step? And is there anything that you would like to share? Hold the mic right up here.
4: There you go. Hi. Um, Thank you, everyone, for being here, and especially my family—my mom, my dad, and my aunt—and especially my husband. Um, Just a little bit about my walk. I have been in the church since I was a kid. Actually, in this church since I was a kid. Baptism has been my heart since I accepted Jesus when I was in middle school, uh, but it never seemed uh, as on my heart as these past few years. Uh, Fear had gripped a big part of my heart uh, for the past two years. But I was invited by my father, actually, to the Rock and uh, Worship Roadshow. Yep. Uh, That was a job. John Paul Jones. Yeah, it was incredible. And God took me apart and He put me back together. Um, And so here I am, just professing that publicly that uh, God is Lord and uh, He is my Father and I am His daughter. Awesome.
0: (laughs) All right, let me help you get in, Deidre. Right step up top there. Then there's a middle step. It is a little chilly. That's why I'm out here and you're in there. There we go. And if you go ahead and... So Deidre, have you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Yes. Do you believe that the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for you covers your sin, cleanses you of sin, and removes them from your life? So at this time, if you'll take your right hand, plug your nose, left hand on your right wrist, Deidre, upon your profession of faith, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless you, sweetheart. Step back up. Take your time, okay? You. You're welcome. And there's your towel. You can sneak right around to your left. Yes. The last person that'll be baptized this morning is Seth. Seth, come on up here, buddy.
1: Everyone
0: say good morning, Seth.
1: Hello again, everyone.
0: Is there anything that you would like to say before you're baptized in water?
1: Thank you City Church for uh, being witness to this. This is a big deal for us that are going through it. Um, It's a a day that we will always remember. It's uh, an important statement to make. So thank you and thank you. You're welcome. Go ahead and hop in.
0: So Seth, have you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Do you believe that the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross covers your sin, forgives you of your sin, and cleanses you of your sin? You do. So Seth, take your right hand, there you go, left hand, right wrist. Seth, upon your public confession of faith in Jesus Christ, that you have declared him as the Lord and Savior of your life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you. God bless you, buddy. Yep, keep it. Let's give all of them a hand for their baptism. And now let's all stand together. I want to encourage you that if you have not been baptized in water again the news feed that you were handed as you came through the door there's the tear off you can sign up for water baptism we're going to be having another one in just a few weeks but I really want to encourage you that if you've said yes to Jesus that you would take that step out of loving obedience in following Jesus and the example he has set for us when he was baptized as well. What we're going to do now is we're going to conclude our service. I'm going to give the pastoral blessing. And if you would like to stay for a time of prayer and worship, I strongly encourage you to do that. And now, may the Lord bless us. May the Lord keep us. May God himself turn his face towards us. And may he give us his grace and his peace. And Jesus, help all of us to be people that daily pick up our cross and follow you. We pray these things now in Christ's name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen. Let's worship together. You may be dismissed when your heart is full.
4: for your faithfulness and your goodness towards us. God, I thank you for how you move in our midst. Lord, I pray you'd be with us as we go from this place, Lord. We love you and we pour out our praise on you. In Jesus' name we pray.